888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a boot swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com. Where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 287, we're going to be talking about 297. We're going to be talking about how to optimize your blog for the mobile shift. I don't know if you've noticed, but this world is going mobile. Yes, it is. And there are many big companies investing in this shift because they know that it's where the money is. But I believe that most bloggers aren't aware of the big changes that are happening in the blogosphere today when it comes to mobile devices with technologies like Google AMP, Facebook Instant Articles, and yes, even Apple News. I believe that we are facing one of the biggest shifts that has happened since the beginning of blogging. But are you prepared? Is your blog taking advantage of these new technologies? Is it even something that you should be taking advantage of? Are there downsides? That and much more. It's what we're going to be talking about today. How are you doing? I hope you are having a fantastic week so far. I, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm really excited just because of a l- number of things that, that are happening right now. And I can't wait to, to share some of those things with you. That's a little bit of a tease, huh? Man, that's terrible. But anyhow, we got a lot of stuff going on. And... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really, I'm, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little excited, okay? And sometimes when I get a little excited, I got to share some of that excitement with you. And I'm going to share more of that excitement with you. Anyhow, today's topic, how to prepare your blog for the mobile shift. It's an adaptation or a modification of a session, a talk that I did at Social Media Marketing World about two weeks ago in San Diego. It's actually taking that, which was talking about one aspect of that mobile shift and really expanding it because I think there there are some more things that we really need to consider as we think about where the world is going, uh, where the blogosphere is going, where online content is going. Um, And I want you to be fully informed. Now, some of the stuff that I'm talking about is relatively new. Uh, and and not fully fleshed out as yet, but I, I figure, you know what, I'm not going to wait until I have everything figured out to share it with you because I think you need to be thinking about these things um, from right now. So that's what we're going to be doing. Now, to understand what I'm going to be talking about, this mobile shift, I think we need to put things in context. We need to talk about what has happened over the last few years because it's significant. Now, the first thing is based on some research that I found from Morgan Stanley Research, which they, they, they there's an interesting graph, and I'm going to have the, the graph in the show notes for this episode, becomeablogger.com slash 297. But there was an interesting part in that graph, because it was looking at the number of mobile devices, the, 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 device, the mobile device usage, and comparing it 
to the desktop device usage. And what you see is that they're both increasing, but there's one that was increasing a little faster. And of course, that's mobile devices. But there was a pivotal point back in 2014. And this pivotal point was where the, the mobile device users surpassed desktop users. So this is, you know, we're in 2017. So we're talking about three years ago, almost three years ago, um, where all of a sudden we reached a point where the number of people that were using mobile devices passed the number of people that were using desktops, PCs. And that was the beginning of an interesting shift. Now, if you fast forward a little bit to October 2016, this was another pivotal point because what we saw based on um, some other research was that, the, that more people were accessing the internet from mobile devices and tablets. They were looking at both mobile devices and tablets together um, than desktops. So now, this is just last year, the number of people accessing the internet from mobile devices surpassed the number of people accessing the internet from desktop. The world is growing increasingly mobile. Back in October of 2016, the uh, mobile and tablet internet usage was at 51.3% as compared to 48.7% on, on, on um, desktops. Now that is a big deal. More people are accessing the internet from, our, from mobile devices and tablets than from computers. Do you, do you see why this is such a big deal? Now this probably doesn't come as a surprise to you, but the data is definitely uh, showing this. Now here's the thing. There's a problem. And I like to call this the mobile dilemma because as much as people are using mobile devices more to access the internet and all that good stuff, unfortunately, the mobile web experience is slow. When you compare it to the desktop experience, it's slow. There are so many sites that are just not optimized for fast loading on mobile devices. Here's some data. The average U.S. retail site takes 6.9 seconds to load. The average mobile uh, uh, U.S. retail site takes 6.9 seconds to load. And the average link clicked in the Facebook mobile app takes 8 seconds to load. This is the slowest loading content <laughs> on Facebook. When you're accessing via a mobile device. Now you're now maybe you're thinking to yourself, ah, oh, come on, eight seconds, six point nine seconds, that's no big deal. You know, back in my day we had to walk a hundred miles to school uphill both ways in the snow without a jacket or what you know. Here's the thing. According to a study that was done by Akamai, I'm I'm giving you a bunch of studies right now, I know, because I think this stuff is important. Here's the key, here's the key um, uh, uh, thing that was demonstrated in this study. 40% of users are going to leave your site if it takes more than three seconds to load. So 
if 10 people try to load your site and it takes more than three seconds to load, four of those people are just going to abandon your website. They're just going to abandon your blog. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds bad to me. I don't want my site to take that long to load because I don't want to lo lose 40 out of 100 people. That's a, significant, that's a significant amount of people. So as bloggers, we need to be thinking about this. Now, whether you're thinking about it or not, there's some big players that are thinking about it. And those big players are people like Facebook, uh, Google, and Apple. You know, Google has their uh, Google AMP. This is something that I've spoken about on the podcast before. Facebook has Facebook Instant Articles. And Apple is going all in on Apple News. Because here's the thing. These guys are investing money in this, um, uh, in this because they know that if they can have a part they can play a significant if they can play a significant part in controlling that mobile web experience that puts them in a really good position so they are they are looking at this problem they are looking at the fact that people are coming to sites but then they are leaving because they are too slow they're taking all this into consideration but they're also trying to see how can I be a part of the solution? Because if I'm part of the solution, that puts me in a very powerful place. It's not as if they're not in a very powerful place already, but they want more power. <laughs> so there, there are a number of things that I, I want you to pay attention to here because this is significant. I want you to pay attention to this uh, this kind of like a general progression that takes place. And I've been I've been looking at Google AMP and Facebook instant articles very closely from the beginning. And this is what has been happening. Well, first of all, I should actually, you know, explain what these technologies are. So Google AMP is a, an open source project that is spearheaded by Google in collaboration with a bunch of other companies. And it's it's a technology that you can use to, to serve up a faster loading version of your site. Okay? Facebook Instant Articles is a similar concept, but it loads within the Facebook mobile app. Apple News is... a it's another um, another mobile version of your content, but it, I mean, if you have an iPhone, you've probably seen it. You open up Apple News and you can browse to a number of different sites and get that content. I'll tell you a little more details about all of them um, later, but I want to make sure you understand what I'm talking about. These are all technologies with the goal of, of, of making a better mobile browsing experience. And you can take advantage of all of these technologies for free uh, and serve your content to your audience in different ways, depending on the technology that you use, in a faster, more mobile-friendly way. But I want you to pay attention to the progression that has happened, especially when it comes to Facebook Instant Articles and Google AMP. But this is how they roll it out. First, what they do is they announce that they're rolling out this new mobile browsing experience and they're doing it with a select few partners. And these are usually big media sites. Um, so you get, they get these big media sites to, to take advantage of these technologies and they roll it out for their audiences. So what then ends up happening is, of course, because it's big media sites, a lot of people get to experience it. And then, you know, kind of they, they kind of test the waters 
and get a lot of users to engage with these new platforms. Now, so that's the first thing that happened. And this happened, uh, I think, in 2015 for both of these services, if not um, early 2016. Now, after that happens, what you notice, or when that happens, what you notice is that these platforms, these services that are using the platforms, get kind of like this special designation, this little lightning bolt. And when you see that little lightning bolt, that's an indication that when you tap on that link on your mobile device, it's going to open up very quickly because it's loading using one of these technologies. Okay? Now, follow me. After a few months... What they start to do is roll it out for all publishers, all bloggers, all content creators that want to take advantage of these technologies. Now, when, they've, when they did this, they made a clear statement that there will be no preferential treatment for sites using these technologies, but these technologies will speed up the mobile browsing experience so it will be better for your audience. Then... They publish data. <laughs> they collect and publish data demonstrating how beneficial the technology is uh, for users. For example, um, Facebook has said that instant articles loads 10 times faster than regular sites. They're read 20% more and 70% less likely to be abandoned. In other words, they're saying, hey, listen, we've tried out this tech, we've created this technology, we've put it out there for users, and it's just so much better for all of the users that are using it. The users that are using it. That's kind of redundant, but you get the point. <laughs> all right. Now, the next thing that has happened, specifically with Google AMP, I want you to follow this progression, really. With Google AMP, they've started to show preferential treatment to some publishers that are using AMP. What do I mean by that? If you open up your mobile device right now and you go to Google Chrome and you do a, a, a search and you do a search for something that's a hot topic, something that's trending right now, um, let's say something to do with politics. So I'm just going to search for politics. Uh, normally when I do this, I search for Donald Trump because I know he's going to be in the news. Um, but OK, so I just search for politics. And what happens next is very interesting. Before I see all of the regular search engine results, right at the top of the page, I see a series of 10 cards that I can swipe through. And, well, up to 10 cards, usually, that I can swipe through. And those are all AMP sites. In other and and these are from big media, so news publications and so on. So before they show you all of the other content about politics, they're gonna show you selected media from sites, big publishing sites that are using AMP. So I could literally, and this is actually pretty bad. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten posts that I can swipe through before going down to the rest of the search engine um, results. And then I scroll down. Oh, this is worse than it was before, or better, depending on how you're looking at it. But I am seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, wait, that's the first one. Okay, so one, two, three. I'm seeing three more that I can swipe through. So they showed me 13 AMP sites 
before showing me all of the other stuff. Now, I'm going to make a prediction right here. And I'm going to make this prediction for both Google AMP and Facebook Instant Articles. And I'll talk a little bit about Apple News as well. But my prediction is at some point in the near future, I don't know if, if it's going to be in a few months. I don't know if it's going to be over the next year or whatever. At some point, they're going to come out and say, you know what? We've been testing these technologies for a while. And it is clearly demonstrated that sites using Google AMP or Facebook Instant Articles are, the, are, 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 are providing more value in that people actually use them. They consume more of the content. They load significantly faster. And it's a better overall user experience. So we're going to update our algorithms to feature these sites above all others. Mark my words. I believe that this will happen in the near future. Now you're probably wondering, okay, if I mean Leslie's Leslie's coming out pretty strong about this, and and but if you look at w the trends, if you look at what they've been doing up to this point, in my mind that's where it's pointing, and Google is already doing that, but for bigger publications. The next step would be to do it for all publishers. If this is something that is so much more valuable for the end user and it makes the mobile browsing experience that much better, that's like the next logical step for them. Now, some people are up to this point are thinking, man, this actually sounds kind of great, right? I mean, they're, they're giving me this technology. I can use it 100% free of charge. And, you know, it speeds up my site. It could potentially give me preferential treatment in the future. Why would I not use this, right? Well, there are some downsides, and I want you to be aware of these downsides. Uh, the biggest downside really is you're giving up some control. Yeah, you are. You know, with Facebook instant articles, people aren't actually leaving the Facebook app to come to your site. They're loading up a version of your site within the app. So that's not traffic to your site at that point. Um, and, you know, that's not an exciting thought for me. I don't know if it's exciting for you. Now, in addition to that, with all of these platforms, there are some limitations on design and branding. Um, you know, you can't have the exact same, I mean, you know, the WordPress theme that you're using because, quite frankly, you're not serving up your content via WordPress. You're serving up your content via these technologies. And yes, you do have some ability to customize that, and there are things that you can do to make it look more like your site, but you don't have as much flexibility in the design and branding. Uh, not, not just that, the sidebar that you have on your blog, that doesn't show up in, on, these, um, on these platforms. You don't see that in Google AMP. You don't see that in Facebook Instant Articles or in Apple News. So if you have a sidebar with banners and links that highlight some of your products and services and all that good stuff, none of that shows up. Now, uh, you know, the, the question of how valuable that is on mobile device, uh, it, that is a factor because, quite frankly, even if you have a responsive WordPress theme, the sidebar shows up, but it shows, down, shows up way at the bottom and you have to scroll down to get to it. Um, so, you know, th that, that argument is somewhat questionable, but it's still a factor. 
Lastly, in order to speed up your site, they actually remove code from your site. And the result of that can be that you lose certain features and functionality of your sites. Now, there are some WordPress plugins, for example, that just don't work with these technologies. Uh, for example, on my biology blog, I have a, a quiz plugin that I use that allows you to take quizzes and get suggestions when, you, when you're trying to figure out an answer and all those kinds of things. And I loaded up my site on these platforms and realized that the quizzes just didn't show up. So you do lose some functionality and you have to be aware of that. Now, one of the things that I love about running an online business and running my blog is that I have, for the most part, full control over what happens there. But with these technologies, you are giving up some of that. And I want you to be aware of that. And it's, it's something that we're going to have to face at some point if we decide to go down this route. And quite frankly, you know, with a site like Facebook, they kind of make it hard to trust them. You know, back in the days, you could post something on Facebook and get, you know, a, 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 a huge reach. And today, that's no longer the case. They've updated their algorithm so much that you hardly get any reach by just posting to your Facebook page. And in many ways, you have to pay for that reach unless you're using video and live video and all that good stuff. So... I can foresee a day where, yes, okay, so Facebook gives some preferential treatment to Facebook instant articles and more and more people start using it. And then all, uh, eventually at some point they decide to update their algorithm when it becomes too popular. And now you have to pay for the same reach that you had before. You know, it's just hard to trust these companies. So those are some downsides. But on the plus side, you're getting a faster user experience, um, and your site loads better on mobile devices. With Facebook Instant Articles, there are all kinds of advanced features that you can take advantage of and interactive elements and so on. So it can be a much better user experience, and if you're able to reach more people by using them, the, the, the pros may outweigh the cons. It's something that we need to continue to evaluate. And as I evaluate it more, I'm going to be sharing more of my thoughts with you. Now, I want, I want to highlight the differences between these technologies. Okay? Because I think that's kind of important for us to understand. So let's, let's go through a few points. First, let's talk about the, the ease of use, the difficulty. Of all the three... When it comes to setting it up, Facebook instant articles, you know, that's just the most difficult one to get going. Um, you know, I've, I've created training on Facebook instant articles and Google AMP, and the difference between the two trainings, significant. There's just many more steps that you have to go through to get started with Facebook instant articles because of all the interactivity the interactivity that it has is just a little more complex to get going. Google AMP and Apple News, those are both relatively simple to get going. So that's the first one. In terms of difficulty, Facebook Instant Articles is the most difficult. The others, not too bad. In terms of hosting, uh, Google AMP, what it actually does, as I mentioned earlier, is it, it creates a separate version of all of your posts 
and your pages if you indicate that you want to do it with both posts and pages and that's hosted on your own server so this is still a property that you own it's not within somebody else's ecosystem it's using someone else's technology but you still fully host it instant articles that's hosted completely within the facebook mobile app so as i mentioned before they're not actually leaving facebook to get to your content Apple News, it basically functions like, like an RSS reader. All right. You know, back in the days we had Google Reader and so on. Apple News acts like an RSS reader and it pulls uh, the content from your feed like an RSS reader uh, would. So if you're using Feedly, Apple News is kind of similar to that with some differences. Now, in terms of analytics, the way they track analytics, they're different as well. So AMP, you track that in Google Analytics, but you have to create a separate property in order to track that in Google Analytics. Facebook has its own analytics um, uh, that's called Facebook Insights, and Apple News basically has its own analytics inside its news publisher. So where you go to publish it, uh, you can basically check your analytics and stats there. Now, in terms of paywalls, this is not something that affects a lot of bloggers uh, because most bloggers put the content on their blog out there for free. Um, but in terms of paywalls, AMP and Apple News both allow you to have paywalls. So if you want to have a subscription for people to access certain parts of your site, um, certain content on your site, you can do that both with AMP and Apple News. But with instant articles, nope, you don't have that ability. Everything has to be 100% free, which is why some of the major publications uh, that do have a paywall hesitate to go in on Facebook Instant Articles. Or if they do, they only use Instant Articles for some of their content, but not all. In terms of being able to use these on multiple platforms, AMP is open source, and it's actually... That it's a collaborative effort. It's not just Google. It's Google and a bunch of other companies, including Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Twitter. They're all collaborating on this project, and it's open source. Um, and something about that makes me a lot more comfortable with Google AMP than with the other platforms. It's not limited to just Google. Now, Instant Articles, that's 100% within the Facebook mobile app. And Apple News, that's only on iOS devices. Okay? Now, in terms of the URL structure and how that works, with Google AMP, it actually creates, a, like I said, a separate version of your posts and pages. And if you go to any post on my blog, for example, I do have AMP enabled. If you go to the end of the URL and, and type AMP, it's going to actually load up the AMP version of that site. So what happens is when someone does a search in Google and your site comes up, Google is actually checking to see, hey, do you have an AMP version? And if you do, that's the one it's going to serve up. Now, with Instant Articles and uh, Apple News, it's basically all using the same URL. So when you post a URL on, on Facebook or, uh, yeah, you post a URL on Facebook, What's going to happen is if there's an, a, uh, a Facebook Instant Articles version, that is what is going to be pulled up. Um, now, Apple News, um, they're basically pulling it from your original URL, basically your original feed, and that's how they are serving up that content. 
And lastly, in terms of interactivity, Facebook Instant Articles has all kinds of interactive elements that you don't find on the other platforms. For example, uh, people can like and comment on your individual images. Uh, you can have audio captions to your images. So someone scrolls to an image and then they hear your voice describing what's in the image. They can autoplay videos. They can have interactive maps. You can tap on an image and expand it and all that kind of stuff. Um, it is very interactive. Facebook is trying to make to create a dynamic experience uh, within that mobile app. Okay, so let's say you wanted to use these different technologies. How do you get it set up? I'm going to walk you through the steps really quick. And, of course, these steps will be outlined in the show notes. Becomeablogger.com slash 297. It's going to sound a bit technical, and that's okay. Um, but uh, there, there's, there are all kinds of resources available to help you out with that. And I will link to that in the show notes for this episode. Okay, so let's say you want to use Facebook Instant Articles. What do you do? Well, first you have to go and sign up for Instant Articles. And then there, there's a plugin that you want to install, and that plugin is called Instant Articles for WP. Instant Articles for WP. And, of course, that WP stands for WordPress. Then you have to connect that plugin, basically connect WordPress to your Facebook page, and the plugin will walk you through those instructions. And then you have to actually go through and develop and submit some sample articles for them to manually check to make sure you've set everything up the right way. And this is that's really the trickiest part. And you have to submit 10 articles uh, for them to review. And then you start publishing. So it's really about the, the signing up for it, installing the plugin, connecting it, submitting some sample articles, and then you start publishing. That's Facebook Instant Articles. Now, there's another plugin that you can use called Facebook Instant Articles and Google AMP Pages by PageFrog. Very long, annoying name <laughs> for a plugin, but that will help you to customize the look and feel of the site on Facebook Instant Articles. Okay, let's say you want to set up Google AMP. It's going to be somewhat of a similar process, uh, but a few differences. Uh, you're going to have to install a plugin, and that's the AMP plugin. And once you've installed this plugin, you have set up your site with Google AMP. I mean, you, you have it set up to be used as Google AMP. But the next thing you want to do, because you want to track your analytics, this doesn't just happen. So you would go into Google Analytics and create a new property. And then the, the, the plugin that I mentioned earlier, the, the, the one with the long name, the Facebook Instant Articles and Google AMP Pages by PageFrog one, you're going to install and configure that. It's going to walk you through the steps. And then you have to verify that your site was set up the right way. And you actually do that in the Google Search Console. That's the place where you can track how your site is listed in the search engines. But it also allows you to verify your AMP implementation. Lastly, Apple News. Uh, to do it, you have to sign up for the Apple News format. So you go to basically the news publisher. And you can go there by going to iCloud.com slash news publisher. And you sign up there, and you have to wait for them to approve. Just like when you're submitting your podcast to iTunes, you have to go through an approval process. It's the same thing here. You wait for them to approve it. 
Then there's a plugin that you're going to install. That's the Publish to Apple News plugin. And then you connect WordPress to Apple News. And it's going to walk you through that step. And basically, you tell it when you're configuring it, I want all of my posts to go to Apple News. Or I want my posts and my pages to go to Apple News. So basically, you go through this configuration process. With all of these technologies, there is one main plugin that you install, whether it's the Instant Articles one, the AMP one, or the Publish to Apple News one. Uh, and then you have to, of course, sign up if you're dealing with Instant Articles or Apple News. You have to connect your site to those technologies, and you go through this process of submitting your content. Now, that might... That might have sound too technical for a podcast, quite frankly, uh, but I wanted to give you an idea of what is involved in this process. And I'm going to be doing more on this, so if you're confused about anything, don't worry. This is kind of like a, a preview of more content that I'm going to be creating over time. So I want to give you my, my final thoughts. You know, like I said, these are big changes that are happening. Because these companies are coming up with these technologies, and I believe that in the future, these technologies are going to play a bigger role in what we do at, as bloggers. And the worst thing we can do is just kind of, oh, man, this sounds technical. It sounds a bit too crazy. I'm going to just put my head under the sand and not pay attention to it, act as if nothing is happening and everything will be all good. I think it's important for us to be proactively looking into this stuff. And that's my goal. I am going to be proactively looking into this. I, I, I have been proactively looking into it and experimenting with different aspects of it. Um, but, it's, but I think one of the things that we have to hold strongly is if we do go in on this, if you do decide to go in on these technologies, it's important to have what I'm calling a content-centric approach. And this is as opposed to the blog-centric approach. With the blog-centric approach, your blog is the center of everything that you do. And what I'm suggesting is if you embrace these technologies, you have to have a content-centric approach where the main goal is to get the content into the hands of, the, the, of your audience, wherever they are, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on their iOS devices, or whether they're using Google search or whatever platform that gives access to these technologies. But here's the second part to it. It's important to get that content to them, but it's even more important to use that content to do something very important, and that is to build your email list. And that, to me, is the big play here. If we get preferential treatment from these platforms at some point in the future, we need to be smart about it. Take advantage of that preferential treatment, but use it to drive traffic to a squeeze page or an opt-in form or something of that sort to get them on your email list because at that point, it doesn't matter what these platforms do in the future. You have the email list. So you have to have opportunities within your content for people to 
get more value from you. And in getting more value from you, or in order to get more value from you, they need to sign up to get that free gift that is very relevant to the content that they just consumed. Oh, wow. My bad. I'm swinging my hands and I tapped on the uh, <laughs> I tapped on the iPad and that's why you heard what you just he heard just now. But yeah, as I was saying, a content centric approach. You use these technologies, get your content to your audience, but take advantage of that to get them on your email list because then you can nurture that relationship with them. You can send them more value. They can come to know, like, and trust you. And as a result of that, you are building your business. And that right there is the crux of what we need to be focusing on. My goal is to figure out how to do that and do it well and pass that on to you. So this podcast episode was more about letting you know changes are coming, but letting you know that I am on top of these changes and I am looking into them and studying and experimenting and testing. And as I test, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to let you know what's going on. So I have a few questions for you that I want to end this episode on. Number one, what do you think about these technologies? I mean, are you concerned about them? Are you excited about them? Will you be using them from your blog? What concerns, what thoughts do you have? I want to know. And you can let me know. How can you let me know? You can let me know by coming to becomeablogger.com slash 297 and leaving your thoughts in the comments. Are you confused by this at all? I want to know. I really want to know. Share your thoughts. Becomeablogger.com slash 297. I, got, I hope you got a lot of value from that. Um, yeah. Now, we're talking about a content-centric approach to blogging. And, you know, when you have a content-centric approach, you got to have a content plan. And how do you come up with a content plan? By creating a blog content calendar. And that is actually what I've done for you already. I created a, a fancy spreadsheet that you can check out. It's at becomeablogger.com slash spreadsheet. If you don't have it yet, I highly recommend for you to get it. Why? Because it's going to help you to plan out your content to help you to accomplish your goals. I mean, you can't get more content-centric than that. So check it out. You can check it out by going to becomeablogger.com slash spreadsheet. You know, I shared it with a number of people and the feedback that I've been getting from it is pretty amazing. And I think you're going to get value from it. So yeah, that's pretty much it for now. This is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com where we're doing what? We're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. <laughs>